Good morning or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Here we are at Lesson 169, Continuation of the Grace Idea. By grace I live, by grace I am released. Okay, now you remember about what grace is. It's love and protection that's bestowed freely. It's being protected. It's being sanctified. It's being offered excellence or power granted to us. That's a lot. Okay, grace is an aspect of the love of God that is most like the state prevailing in the unity of truth. It's the world's loftiest aspiration because it leads beyond the world entirely. It's past learning, yet the goal of learning. For grace can't come until the mind prepares itself for true acceptance, until we really want this. Grace becomes inevitable instantly in those who have prepared a table where it can be gently laid and willingly received, an altar clean and holy for the gift. Again, it's trying to use metaphors to get our attention because these things cannot be spoken of directly. And this is what we want and pay attention to. This is what we get. Grace is acceptance of the love of God within a world of seeming hate and fear. By grace alone, the hate and fear are gone because grace presents a state so opposite to everything that the world contains that those whose minds are lighted by the gift of grace cannot believe the world of fear is real. When all you see is love and innocent and light, it's like, fear has vanished. There's just no way you could possibly believe in it. Grace isn't learned. The final step must go beyond all learning. So grace is not the goal of this course. It's not what this course aspires to attain. And yet we prepare for grace in that an open mind that's the key. An open mind can hear the call to awaken. With a more and more and more open mind, we're drawn more and more and more to this material. So it's no longer tight shut against God's voice, against the Holy Spirit, against being in your right mind. Or another way to say it, the ego mind is becoming more quiet, less compelling. The mind has become aware that there are things it doesn't know, and thus it's ready to accept a state completely different from experience with which it's familiar. We have perhaps appeared to contradict our statement that the revelation of the Father and the Son as one has been already set. Indeed, it does appear to be a contradiction. But we've also said that the mind determines when that time will be and has already determined it. And yet, we urge you to bear witness to the Word of God to hasten the experience of truth and speed its advent into every mind that recognizes truth's effects on you. It would be something like you had a film that's made up of many, 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 many frames. And on one of those frames, you get it, so to speak. And it's hastened because every time we love instead of hate, anytime we recognize the, the innocence of anything, 
Anytime we decide to change our minds in a more charitable way, we drop out some of those frames, which means that although the frame where enlightenment is going to happen is determined, we can get there faster by dropping out parts. The text talks about this. Okay, so oneness is simply the idea that God is. And in his being, he encompasses everything. So no mind holds anything but him. That's all there is to be held. We say God is, and then we cease to speak. For in that knowledge, words are meaningless. There are no lips to speak them, no part of mind sufficiently distinct to feel that it's now aware of something that's not itself. It has united with its source, and like its source itself, it merely is. And then it goes on to say, now we can't speak or write or even think about this. <laughs> it's like, well, then why are you talking about it? Well, to let us know, it comes to every mind when that mind has total recognition that its will is the same as God's, has been completely given and received. It returns the mind into the endless present, where the past and the future can't even be conceived. It lies beyond salvation. In other words, it lies beyond finding your way home because you're home. So it's past all thought of time, forgiveness, the holy face of Christ, the Son of God, creation, that's us, has merely disappeared into his Father as his Father has in him. The world has never been at all, and eternity remains a constant state. Okay, a lot of people are scared of this. They think, I don't want to be just absorbed into the source. That sounds like I'm going to cease to exist. And don't underestimate the terror that's associated with that, which is why people are reluctant to do this. But nothing could be further from the truth. Although it's counterintuitive, you will find from experience that the more you really desire joining and union the more distinctly you, you feel. So it's just the opposite of what your ego mind has to say about this. And then it goes on to say this is beyond experience that we're trying to hasten. Yet forgiveness taught and learned brings with it experiences that bear witness that the time the mind itself has determined to abandon everything with this is now at hand some things that probably make no sense, so don't worry about it. Practice is what's important. This next sentence, we don't hasten this time, in that what you will offer was concealed from him, the Holy Spirit, who teaches what forgiveness means. All learning was already in his mind, accomplished and complete. He recognized all that time holds and gave it to all minds that each one might determine from a point where time was ended when it is released to revelation and eternity. We have repeated several times before that you make a journey that's already done. The reason it's already done is that oneness has to be here always. It doesn't just suddenly appear. So whatever time the mind has set for revelation is entirely irrelevant to what must be a constant state forever as it always was and forever to remain as it is now. We are just merely taking the part assigned long ago 
and fully recognized as perfectly fulfilled by him, Holy Spirit, who wrote salvation's script in his creator's name and in the name of his creator's son. In other words, God and us. And then it goes on to say, and you might say, I wish I had said this earlier, there's no need to further clarify. You see, this has been an attempt to clarify what no one in the world can understand. <laughs> it's like, indeed, when revelation of your oneness comes, it will be known and fully understood. But now we have work to do. For those in time can speak of things beyond and listen to words that explain what's to come is past already, yet what meaning can those words convey to those who still count the hours and rise and work and go to sleep by them? Suffice it then that you have work to do to play your part. This is the part we need to pay attention to. Don't really try to figure out the other. The ending must remain obscure to you until your part is done. That doesn't matter, because your part is still what all the rest depends upon. And as you take the role assigned to you, as you drop your grievances, salvation comes a little nearer each uncertain heart that does not yet beat in tune with God, is not yet seeing love as all that important. Forgiveness, this dropping of grievances, is the central theme that runs throughout salvation, throughout finding our way home, and holding all parts, seeming parts, in meaningful relationships, loving each other, seeing the truth. And the course that forgiveness runs is directed and its outcome sure. And now we ask for grace the final gift that salvation or finding the truth can bestow. Experience that grace provides will end in time because it's operating within the hallucination because grace foreshadows heaven or oneness, but it doesn't replace the thought of time except for a little while. However, that little interval suffices. It's here that miracles are laid to be returned by you from holy instance you receive through grace in your experience to all others who see the light that lingers in your face. What is the face of Christ? We're not talking about the face of a human being. The face of Christ would be the equivalent of the face of the ego. So what is this face of Christ or love but his who went a moment into timelessness and brought back a clear reflection of the unity of the love and the oneness he felt an instant back to bless the world. So how could you finally attain to it forever while a part of you remains outside, unknowing, unawakened, and in need of you as witness to the truth? So be grateful to return back to this hallucination of time as you were glad to go away from it an instant and accept the gifts that grace provided you. You carry them back to yourself, remembering there's only one of us. And revelation stands not far behind. Knowledge, direct experience. Its coming is ensured. We ask for grace and for experience that comes from grace. We welcome the release it offers everyone. 
So we don't ask for the unaskable, a word I think they made up, something we can't ask for. We do not look beyond what grace can give. For this, this release, we can give in the grace that has been given us. So our learning goal today does not exceed this prayer. Yet in the world, what could be more than what we ask this day of him who gives the grace we ask? as it was given to him. You can just consider that all of those capital H pronouns are talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's our final request. By grace I live. By the love of God I live. And by that same grace I am released. By grace I give. And by grace I will release. A big important lesson, just like all the rest of them, Have a beautiful day. Don't worry about all of the intricacies of what this says. Just practice letting go of grievances. Bye for now. See you tomorrow.